We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. The Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Rotowire College Football Podcast. I'm James Anderson, joined by Mario Puig, as as I always am, and uh, John McKechnie is is once again not with us. He's uh, off with his family, uh, celebrating, not working. But we're here to give you a, a quick podcast before the holiday weekend. Uh, you know, last week would have probably been a pretty profitable week if you'd been listening to us. Uh, a lot of those picks hit, so hopefully we were able to kind of take advantage of that. Uh, this week we have three legit like big slates. We got the Friday slate and then two Saturday slates. So uh, let's start off with Friday's slate of games. 
you know, the Baylor TCU game's a big one. Oregon State, Oregon should be a ton of points. Western Kentucky's playing, Houston, Navy, Washington State. A lot of high-scoring offenses on this Friday slate, so plenty of different places you can invest. Uh, you know, just starting at the quarterbacks, Mario, who kind of stands out to you on the, the Friday slate? Well, it looks like there's there's a decent amount of affordability even at the very top. Uh, for some reason, Vernon Adams is the most expensive. I know he's coming off a huge game, but it's pretty weird to see Vernon Adams price $300 higher than Brandon Doty on DraftKings. Uh, Trevon Boykin at $7,700. We don't know what his deal is, nor do we, do, nor do we know the deal with Luke Falk. Uh, at 7500 uh, Travon Boykin supposedly practiced Sunday, I believe, the Fort Worth uh, Star-Telegram said, but that is something that's going to be basically impossible to verify. And uh, similarly, Luke Falk, uh, best thing we know is there's this, uh, I, I regret not knowing the name of the paper, but one paper that is not banned from practice by Mike Leach uh, said that there was a number four practicing, but they stopped short of confirming that it was definitely Luke Falk, so maybe we have uh, some you know, espionage type stuff by Mike Leach, who refuses to cooperate with anybody for anything, <laughs> especially injury reports, though. Uh, but yeah, anyway, if, if Falk is in, if Boykin are in, they, they're they both in play, obviously. Uh, but if Falk is out, Peyton Bender would be the player for Washington State at quarterback. He's only 6,700. And even if he's not as good as Falk, and even in a tough matchup on the road, 6,700 for a guy who could throw 45 passes is something I'm interested in just, you know, categorically. So that that's that's stuff that's like at the top there. And otherwise, Jake Browning on the other side of that Washington State UW game, uh he's at home this time, fifty eight hundred. He's actually been pretty good. Like I don't I don't know that I believe there's a big margin between him and, you know, Josh Rosen as far as the best true freshman quarterback in the Pac twelve. Um but yeah, speaking of uh true freshman quarterbacks it really looks like Jared Stidham is out for Baylor. I don't think they've confirmed it, but other um, reports of, away from the team have confirmed that or are willing to say they've confirmed that. So if Stidham is out, like it seems like he pretty much has to be, Chris Johnson would be the starter. He's 7,000. Might be a little bit more mobile than both uh, Seth Russell and Jared Stidham, even if he's not as good as a passer. And obviously in fantasy, we, we like our running quarterbacks, especially college fantasy. Yeah, that kind of says a lot about that offense that the third string quarterback there comes in at 7,000. Uh, the line on that game, Baylor is is one and a half point favorites on the road there. There's no over under. I think they're probably waiting on Boykin's status for that. But uh, are you still willing to kind of invest? You know, obviously maybe quarterback is in play but are you willing to kind of invest in the skill players on either of those teams considering the the question mark at that position i'm, I'm not worried about chris johnson um at quarterback for baylor but i i am i am slightly worried that they might suit his running abilities a bit more than they you know might try to with a stidham or a russell mm -hmm. so that's that's something that could hurt Corey coleman katie cannon and jay lee but Corey coleman's down to seven thousand dollars and that's really pretty affordable it's only 800 more than you know kiaris garrett it's somehow it's only 100 more than Corey davis who's got a road matchup against a tough toledo defense so seven thousand for coleman is pretty interesting obviously you do worry about the new quarterback but at the very least that's you know a gpp obvious target to make and uh otherwise shock linwood actually as far as a skill position player in that game it doesn't really look like he's going to play i think he was called doubtful uh monday and uh and, I mean, it could have been a lie, but if he is out, you got to look at Devin Chafin uh, primarily. He's the he's kind of been like the goal line vulture behind Shock. 
Um, but if he even even with him uh, leading the way, there's also room for Johnny yeah. Jefferson. So Chafin's only 4,400. Johnny Jefferson is 3,800. Even if you don't favor Baylor in this game, I probably would. But if you don't, man, that's that's 8,200 for basically the entire Baylor running game. So. I got. I mean, if if Linwood's out, then. I mean, Johnny Jefferson at 38. I know Chafin's the guy that vultures all the touchdowns and everything, but I would assume Jefferson would get double-digit carries in that scenario. Uh, There's a pretty good bet that he would, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is Chafin who's been first off the bench when healthy, so I'm, I'm definitely locking him in if Linwood's out. He's only 4,400, which um, going to be a very chalky play in that case, but I'd, I'm not fading a 4,400 potential lead ball carrier for Baylor. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it probably depends on how much how much money you have left over. You'll, you'll go uh, chafing. I might. I might. I might go both the, of those guys. I don't know. I mean, thirty. I mean, yeah. We TCU can't really stop anyone, so uh, that's definitely in play. Are there any Are there any like bargain quarterbacks that you're looking at other than like the guy like guys maybe below seven thousand that that come into play? Um, for me, it's I'm, I'm not Peyton really. Bender, you said yeah, it's pretty it, much yeah. just Browning and Bender okay. who are actually kind of like well. Kenny Potter is interesting for a San Jose State team that's gaining some momentum. He had a huge game against Hawaii. He's at home against Boise. Boise's numbers on defense in the aggregate sense are pretty good, but more on an anecdotal basis, they've kind of gotten embarrassed at a few points lately. Uh, I don't think I'll be going after Potter, but he's someone to consider because he's playing at a high level and Boise's kind of declining right now. But I kind of always, for some reason, like Brad Kea. I know he can't run, and I know he doesn't have a ton of upside. because <laughs> he looks the part, right? I mean, I mean he's, he's 5,600, and, and Pittsburgh's defense is okay, but it's one of those things where unless you, unless you feel like Miami's going to just get crushed, I don't know how you can really, you know, aggressively argue against a guy who in the last three weeks has 19, 21.8, and 18.1 points and he's only 5600 so uh with that said if 5600 is k i'd still rather go 5800 for browning and uh, i don't know what to make exactly of him but cj bethard at 5500 against uh nebraska is pretty interesting because he does have quiet dual threat upside and in general he's pretty decent of a player they just don't call on him much because they have those three running backs to feed so you mentioned the Western Michigan at Toledo game. Toledo is eight point favorites there, over under sixty one, and it seems like it it might be time to get Kareem Hunt kind of in the you know you got to be looking at his price pretty much every week now coming off of three uh, pretty huge weeks had uh, one hundred fifty three yards two scores last week. Uh, what do you think about the matchup for Kareem Hunt to, uh, at home against Western Michigan? Yeah, Hunt is definitely a good play. Uh, Western Michigan, I, I'm going to look up the exact number now, but I know they haven't been very good against the run. Uh, Hunt, contrary, I should say, is 7,400. Oh, yeah. that's uh, So, yeah, otherwise, like I do prefer McNichols, I think. Jeremy McNichols for Boise is my top running back play in PPR scoring probably in any game. He's 7,900, so I would try to get that extra 500 somewhere to move up, but if I can't, uh, hunt at home it's one of those things where toledo should be able to score pretty easily against them and yet western michigan's offense might be just good enough to give them reason to give toledo reason to not pull any of their uh you know their main horse there kareem hunt they have a they have awesome backups in terry swanson damian jones more but they might go with hunt uh in a, in a competitive setting just because they i mean senior uh you know very accomplished player and he's on a roll right now so it's a good way to keep the ball away from Corey davis and daniel braverman and 
Western Michigan is allowing 5.3 yards per carry, 21 rushing touchdowns in 11 games. That's a clearly advantageous matchup for Hunt. Um, I didn't have him in my like hurried skeleton lineup that I made. I happened to have enough to pay for Royce Freeman against Oregon State at 7,500. Um, but yeah, those 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 uh, are my favorite of the elite running backs. There, Tyler Irvin is the one I would fade. He's he's a good player and he catches he gets tons of carries and tons of catches for San Jose State, but. I just I just don't really like him at seventy seven hundred against Boise if Hunt is seventy four hundred and, and Royce is seventy five hundred. I only bring him up out of anger and spite, but Oh it's- sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, James. Uh Daniel Braverman for Western Michigan is sixty three hundred, which is very, very cheap for I mean, generally this is a soft cap here, but Daniel Braverman has ninety nine catches in eleven games. So nine catches per game, he's sixty three hundred, which I'm gonna assume is like twelve hundred less than it's I guess he was 6,700 a couple of weeks ago. Otherwise, he's been a 77,000 to like 7,700 kind of guy. So that's that's something to target because uh, even if Toledo beats Western Michigan, Braverman will get the ball. Like he will if they're if Western Michigan wins, and he will if they lose because they got to catch up somehow, and he gets so many targets. But uh, that that's something to target in uh, PPR scoring here. Are you staying away from the Western Kentucky backs? I'm not. I got burned pretty bad by DeAndre Furby getting goal line carries last week when Anthony Wales. Yeah, it sucks because, I mean, (laughs) Furby is not anywhere near as good as Wales. It's not even close, and I'm sure he's not. Did you see any of that? I mean, I don't don't think that game was on in the office. I mean, that that was partly kind of the flow of the game. Just oh, it was just because Western Kentucky was, was getting the ball inside the five and they, you know, the, I mean, like they, they didn't need s- to lean on their best back basically to, to no, it was, to it was well, it was specifically that they were pulling Wales within the five yard line. So right. that's going to keep happening. Wales is, and it's annoying because Wales is a better player in any regard than Deandre Furby. Deandre Furby isn't very good. Wales is very good, but you know, if you're a football coach, you got to follow that, you know, moronic rule. Like, Big guy is better look, at short you gotta, yardage. Look, I mean, yeah. you got to have your short yardage back if you're a college football coach. You just yeah, I mean, to. Anthony Wales averages like seven and a half yards a carry. We only need three. Imagine, imagine trying to play call, play call around the goal line without a big back. I mean, actually, it, coaches like coaches all <laughs> seem to believe like, well, if he if he if he's going to run for seven yards a carry, like that's too much. They, it's like they think it's a what is what, what is that what is that bar game where you can't knock your thing past the shuffle shuffleboard is shuffleboard that, yeah it's yeah. like they treat goal line yeah. running like yeah, shuffleboard yeah, yeah. or something he, like it's he's ridiculous. he's gonna run too far through the end zone like, we're not gonna get gonna points if he's gonna plans, just yeah. rip off a 40 yarder through the stands yeah, right. Jeez. yeah. i mean it, it's 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 pretty common with that said 6400 for wales i'm still in right. on because this should be a, like one of the most competitive games western kentucky sees all year and i don't know that it'll be comfortable at any point marshall's defense is really quite good by conference usa standards at the very least and uh i don't know that western kentucky will move the ball with any anything close to the ease that they have unless they have whales out there um, but while we're on the subject of that game Doty at 7800 is very interesting I'm normally averse to paying up for him but this is a setting where I, I think he's going to play four quarters and I don't think Marshall's quite good enough to really stop him at all so I think he'll reach value Taewon Taylor at 6000 is a, basically a must play for me uh, for him to be what is that one two three four five six seven eighth most expensive receiver that really doesn't make any sense eight, eight that's going to be very very chalky but he has 14 touchdowns he had three catches in 100 yards and a touchdown in like one quarter against international last week I, I'm going Taylor for sure on this slate so another guy that kind of burned me in one lineup uh, kind of along the same lines as Wales actually probably to a greater extent was uh, Chris Swain 
Navy kind of, I think Navy had like five running backs score in that game. Do you like him or Reynolds at all against Houston? I don't. I mean, I mean, there, there's there's always GPP upside with Swain because he can go off. It's just predicting predicting which guy in the Navy offense is going to get a carry is basically to try to predict how uh, like which gaps are going to be which which gaps are going to be covered at the start of a play and which gaps are going to be blitzed by a defense. It's really hard because it's like first first read is like. Is the fullback Swain going to have a chance to hand, get the ball here? If, if Reynolds keeps it from there, Reynolds starts running, and if Reynolds doesn't want to keep it, he tosses it out to the slot back. Guessing which one of those is going to get the carry is to entirely just predict where the defense is going to prioritize defense. And I figured last week they would prioritize Reynolds, especially after he torched SMU the previous week. And yet, uh, I mean, I, I, what, what did Reynolds even end up doing? He just kind of had like he had a, like a rushing day. touchdown, a passing touchdown. I mean, yeah, he it didn't do that. Yeah. He didn't do that much. I do think that Reynolds will get more work against Houston because they need him. But on the the, the trade off is Houston is going to definitely prioritize him. Uh, with and with that said, uh, I mean, three point two yards per carry allowed by Houston. That's enough for me to not approach Reynolds or Swain. But it's it's hard for me to d- deter any or discourage anyone from taking him in a GPP setting because I mean if if not many people are picking him and I can't rule out the possibility of a good game I mean that's what you look for. So just want to ask you one more wide receiver question before we move on. How big is the gap right now in your mind between uh, Corey Coleman who tops the board at seven thousand and Katie Cannon who's at fifty six hundred after a, a huge week last week? I love Corey Coleman obviously, but fifty six hundred is tough for me to pass on for katie cannon if seven thousand is the price on coleman but uh with that said i i in, in my skeleton lineup i didn't go for any of those guys because mm-hmm. uh to go back to Ta- that taylor one, right yeah taywan taylor at six thousand is just ridiculous to me i'm going after that in every single lineup thomas spurbeck for boise i think is my top sure. receiver overall this week and he's 6500 he's just a target uh, uh, you know tyrant in that offense it's ridiculous and uh, so otherwise, though, 4,200 for Jaden Mickens is one of my favorite wide receiver targets uh, with Jake Browning ascending in Washington. Mickens has been quite uh, productive lately. He is he's, he's actually been really quite good. Very cheap. He's only 4,200. I like him to catch uh, six or seven passes in this game. Otherwise, like Jay Lee's only 4,800. That's very interesting for a GPP mm-hmm. approach at the very least. And otherwise, I'm trying to look at a couple of these receivers, these deeper receivers. I think you got to take a look at Devontae Allen for Marshall. They're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with Western Kentucky. And Allen in the last three games for Marshall has been pretty good. 44, 28, and 12 DraftKings points. So uh, that, that's another guy who's, who's 4,400 for Allen. He's, he's not a high floor play, but he does have a ceiling that's pretty high, certainly higher than most players in his range. All right, uh, let's move on to the early Saturday slate. 15 games, I believe, on this one. Uh, the the top over-under game is SMU at Memphis, but Memphis is 21.5-point favorites there, so, so maybe not quite ideal on both sides uh, from a targeting perspective. But what do, you, what do you think about Deshaun Watson atop the QB ranks, or at least the, the pricing ranks from this early slate? He's uh, 8,900 on the road in what looks to be a a pretty appealing matchup against Southern Carolina. Well, South Carolina's been 
kind of the, the, they've been better than they were last year against the pass. They're still pretty bad against the run, and now they're as a pass defense. They're kind of like harmless, but they're not quite pushovers either. They're allowing a completion percentage of sixty five, which shows that they're not good at you know shutting down drives. But on the other hand, fourteen touchdowns allowed versus twelve interceptions. They obviously are you know a bend but don't break kind of team right now. I am not really interested in Deshaun Watson at eighty nine hundred. And really, I, the quarterbacks are tough for me to pick on this one. But uh, to go, I have to go straight to the bargain bin here. And uh, last week, Sudfeld paid off quite well. Yeah, uh, yeah, when when you were talking about if you, you might have profited last week, like we, we screamed about Nate Sudfeld, Dak Prescott, and Fred Brand, Ross. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen, yeah. So, like, we, we yeah, that, was, that, was, that worked well. I'm going back to Sudfeld at least a little bit at 6,400. Otherwise, if uh, I believe David Blau is out for Purdue for whatever he had, or he's doubtful anyway. Um, yeah, so it looks like he's expected to be the emergency backup, which when it's a concussion we're talking about, why would he be an emergency backup? Like, like he's, it's not safe for him to start, so we won't let him. But if the other guy gets hurt, then we'll say, okay, yeah, go smash his brain in that case. Um, anyway, I don't think he's going to play. Austin Appleby is only 5,200 in that case. And Austin Appleby is bad. But the Indiana defense might be even worse in its own regard. Like Indiana's defense is just preposterously bad. And um, <laughs> like, let's, I'm going to bring up the numbers here. Uh, so the Hoosiers are allowing a completion percentage of 60 and a half, uh, 7.9 per pass, 29 passing touchdowns allowed in 11 games. And the run defense is even worse, I think, somehow. Yeah, it's allowing five yards per carry, 24 rushing touchdowns in 11 games. Uh, they, they let the great Brandon Ross go absolutely crazy on them last week. So uh, in addition to Austin Appleby, one of one of the most ridiculously high-ranking players I have at running back this week is Markel Jones, who's only 5,500. He's like a top 10 running back for me this week, I think. I mean, he had 24 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown against Iowa. He had 58 yards and a touchdown, five catches for 68 yards against Northwestern. He can produce against good defenses. He has recently. Uh, mm. He's at home against Indiana, who Brandon Ross ran all over. I'm going with Markel Jones at 5,500 for sure. But uh, sorry, back to the quarterbacks really briefly. Um, otherwise, um, let's see. So Appleby. Does does Blake Kemp? I was, yeah, it was Kemp. Kemp was the other guy I was looking for. Uh, he's pretty interesting because they went back to him last week. And ECU, you know, they just beat the crap out of Central Florida, unsurprisingly. But for Kemp to do it in that you know, convincing of a fashion and for James Summers to basically make no appearances shows that they, they, they get it now. They have to go with camp and they're at home against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a team that can score points, but does pretty much everything else wrong. Uh, they, they, they commit a lot of turnovers. So ECU should have scoring opportunities and at 6,500 Kemp is definitely probably one of my favorite uh, quarterback plays on the slate here. Yeah. I should say that game uh, looks like a, a pretty favorable opportunity. Cincinnati, at Eastern Carolina, ECU, one-point favorites at home, 67.5 the over-under there. So it uh, should be a pretty tight game, a lot of scoring. So that's a, that's a good one to target uh, for sure. What about any – I mean, are there any – there aren't really any high-end backs. I mean, unless you – do you like Derrick Henry at all? I mean, he's 9,100, so you'd really have to like him. Otherwise, you got you know Sony Sony Michael. Sony is Sony is somebody that I'm going to go after. Uh, in addition, Markel Jones is going to be in literally right. every one of my lineups. Um, he, the so, fact that he's not priced up with these guys is, is pretty crazy. Man, uh, you you got whoever the two or three of you listening are. You you should be glad no one else is listening because like all that Sudfeld and 
and Dak action last week would have would have really harmed our profit margins. And, <laughs> and luckily for you, apparently no one's going to pick Markel Jones either. So. Yeah. And as long as you enter him in enough, uh, you know, lineups, you're definitely going to be uh, kind of on a favorable spot in at least a half or maybe more than half of those. Yeah. So I I always love Wendell Smallwood. He's he's awesome. He's he's an underrated player. I agree. Um, yeah. So otherwise, there, there's a big mid tier in this one, and uh, I guess I'm going to go down to Joe Williams again. I love Joe Williams at 5300, especially with Britton Covey out for Utah. Uh, who else have we got here? I think I kind of like Stanley Williams against Kentucky. I mean, I feel like Stanley Williams is quietly one of the best running backs in the country. And even though it's not a good matchup, I mean, this guy ran for 8.8 yards per carry against Vandy on the road. So Louisville's a tough team, but that should be a boring slug it out type thing. And I I don't know what choice Kentucky has, but to give it to boom, their best player. Uh, But yeah, otherwise looking through if, if Jordan Howard is out, uh, the problem with this being there's no way we're going to find out because Kevin Wilson doesn't talk about injuries and he dresses up players who aren't going to play just to obscure <laughs> any observation of somebody who might have insight on it. Uh, Divine Redding is 4,900. He obviously got a lot of work with Jordan Howard out last week, 24 carries for 130 yards. Uh, he's not very good, but the matchup is favorable. So other than that, though, um, Josh Ferguson is 4,400 for Illinois. Uh, he catches a, a lot of passes, so in PPR scoring, he's very much in play, even in, even in a tough matchup. I think. Um, yeah, otherwise, I mean, I'm, I'm I guess that's about all se- that I'm looking at. It, it seems like yeah. I mean, you you don't really have to go after the the super expensive guys. Wendell Smallwood and and Markel Jones is a is a pretty great way to kind of start that uh, position off if you don't want to pay up for a guy like Henry or, or Michael. But yeah, I mean, Michael, like you said, a, a solid option. I'm kind of. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not really touching anyone on Ohio State this week. Just I I don't know. I think a lot of their reactions kind of after that that loss to Michigan State. I don't I don't necessarily know how fired up they're going to be for even though this is a rivalry game, um, could be pretty low scoring as well. So I don't I don't know what your thoughts are on that game in general. I don't think I will approach it either. Uh, I don't I don't. Uh, let's see what our guy Jay who's at. Uh, he's forty five hundred. I assume a lot of people are going to take Chesson. At that price, I'll probably avoid. I'm not interested in uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Actually, I mean, 7,700 is a fair price at any matchup. So obviously, the matchup is the issue. But he's he's he was he I was mean, probably le- right about what he said. And Meyer's got to be like, all right, let's let's give him a le- chance. I mean, to show Jordan him. Jordan Howard went for 200 plus against Michigan. So I mean, Elliott's a better running back than he is. So I mean, that that yeah. could definitely happen. So yeah, 7,700 for Elliott is totally in play in GPPs. And I'm not gonna you know make fun of someone for doing it in cash games if they have the cap space left over. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm building around Markel, mm-hmm. Sony, Michelle, Joe Williams, and uh, Elijah Hood is in play, too. He's got 14 touchdowns this year. He's hot right now. Now, moving to the wide receivers, I mean, who else would be atop the board other than Juju? Uh, the God only went for 10.7 points on DraftKings last week, but I mean, I, I still felt like that was good Juju for your lineup overall. Uh, if you rolled with him, as I did, I think I ended up cashing even with the the lackluster performance from him but uh what do you think about his matchup that ucla game i should say uh, uh usc three and a half point favorites at home 63 is the over under there so should be some scoring but what do you what do you see at, at wide receiver kind of in in the range below juju well um i guess isaiah jones is my favorite on this slate 6300 and isaiah jones is definitely worth 7500 or so now that they're going with the blake kemp offense 
Um, he caught 14 passes last week. He's he he more often than not he will approach double digit catches with a pass first quarterback like Blake Kemp in there. So I, I love Isaiah Jones. Um, where's our guy Trevon Brown at? He's 4900, which isn't a great deal, but uh, very good player. He's 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 in play at 4900. I guess um, I guess my I guess I'm kind of interested in the the Memphis guys, especially Mose Frazier at 5700. He caught eight passes last week with Anthony Miller a bit hobbled. Um, much better scoring chance this week against SMU than last week against Temple. Uh, oh, there, what do you there think? we go. Calvin Ridley I'm in on. Um, the, the lane target funnel. Uh, he's 5,500 against Auburn. Auburn's pass defense is better than his run defense, but uh, I, still, I still think Calvin Ridley is awesome. He looks really, really good, and he gets a ton of targets. Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, no, actually, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, well, um, it sounded like you were. Yeah, no, I... I I was going to ask you about uh, about the LSU situation, but I but I was scrolling and misread. They're not on this slate, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think. Uh, what do you think about? I mean, Deion Kane at all forty eight. Um, I do like Deion Kane, but not as much on this slate because Simi Cobbs is forty four hundred. Yes, he is. Uh, Simi Cobbs was a big guy, a big yeah, part of our success last week. Yeah, Simi Cobbs seems like he's pushed aside Ricky Jones, which is the the right thing to do for the whoever's <laughs> calling the plays out there. Simi Simi's obviously and Ricky Jones is fine, but uh, Simi Cobbs is just really good. And uh, let's see, another bargain receiver I like is at forty two hundred. Phil Mayhew somehow has gone forty six catches without a touchdown this year. I've, I've been saying he's due for a touchdown for literally months now and it hasn't happened so why not final game of the year he's due for a touchdown so i like phil mayhew at 4200 uh, he's a good he's a good cheap way to get a piece of the memphis offense without really paying the premium price for it oh here we go d'angelo yancey purdue star <laughs> and podcast favorite um he caught nine passes for 117 yards against iowa on the road this time he's at home against indiana i'm going after that i don't know what the percentage is but a lot i think uh, I, I really i do like d'angelo yancey quite a bit and his quarterback is terrible so that's the only concern i have the matchup and skill and role all scream opportunity to me at 4100 so quickly before we move on to the night slate uh, oh, sorry. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Jalen Samuels is wide receiver eligible. Uh, he has like he has like fourteen touchdowns this year. So you know, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Forty four hundred. Uh, UNC's pass defense is good. Their run defense is only okay, uh, and he has fourteen touchdowns. So, uh, quick prediction from you on the game. I will be sadly watching on a tv in the office despite having nobody in any of my lineups in it the wisconsin at minnesota game well shannon brooks is actually an interesting uh gpp target i won't be picking him in cash games but he looks really good and wisconsin is a bad team right now the defense <laughs> is very good still it's very it's very capable defense but no defense can stay on the field as long as they do and, and taking especially so many running plays especially um joel stave is terrible we don't know if wisconsin's gonna have Corey clement he has some kind of like disorderly conduct charge that he just caught today sure so uh, not for a today incident it was from like a couple weeks ago and it just uh, was filed today or something either way we, don't, we they don't even know what they're doing with him they've already screwed up his return from injury a couple times now they, they're just wisconsin is so mismanaged and they don't they don't have a clue right now uh the, if the players cannot be inspired like this is this is a disheartening program right now Whereas Shannon Brooks is an ascending player at home. I think the Wisconsin... A beacon of hope for, for an ascending... 
<laughs> Minnesota program. Yeah, I think I think the Wisconsin offense will uh, hang its defense out to dry, and I think eventually Brooks will either break a long one or just get a short field and get a late touchdown to salvage the day. All right, there you have it. Uh, Gophers are going to get that axe back, according to Rowe It's going to be a great 17-6 victory for the Gophers. Yeah, they didn't even put a... An over under on that game because they there's they a just, rule against over unders <laughs> of nineteen. <laughs> right, the, Wisconsin's two and a half point favorites on the road in that <laughs> one, but uh, no no over under. So that might be like two and a half and like a seven point line. So um, hard to really say how that one's going to go. But uh, let's move on to the night slate. Uh, some interesting games at the top here. OU seven point favorites at Oklahoma State. Uh, over under on that one sixty nine. So, yeah, I mean, possibly a place to kind of get involved here with the, the studs on OU. I mean, the seven-point favorites on the road, is this a place where you like Shepard at all or, or Perrine? Um, 6,800 for Shepard is, first of all, the most expensive at receiver. Uh, the running backs on this slate are much more inflated than the previous two we talked about. For instance, Perrine is 7,500, where I feel like in the last couple slates he would have been like 6,400 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I... I I don't know what to I don't know what to make of that. I don't think I'm going to go after him, but I haven't had a chance to look at a lot of this here. I think I like Paul Harris for Hawaii a lot at running back, for instance. So it, I don't think Perrine is really in for me. Uh, Paul Harris is at home against Louisiana Monroe for 6,600. Although Monroe did shut down the Texas State running game last week, so I'll have to think twice about that. Um, but anyway, as far as as far as some building blocks on this on this slate, uh, if we start with quarterback. Uh, going through really quickly, um, there's this is a bit of a slim picking situation. I think I'm gonna have to go with, uh, let's see, Nick Stevens of Colorado State is 5900 against Fresno. Mm-hmm. Fresno's defense is really bad. Nick Stevens has been disappointing this year, but he's been a little better lately. He had a four touchdown game against UNLV two weeks ago. So he's in play for me. What do Mason, you think about Mason Rudolph at 64? Yeah, he was kind of the next one I was going to look at because 6,400, OU's defense is tough, but I do think Rudolph is a future high NFL draft pick. He's got good players around him. They run an up-tempo offense. They can't run the ball. Uh, so that's that's reassuring as well. Yeah, I do, I do, I do like 6,400 on Rudolph. But uh, what I will try to do is pay up for Dak Prescott, first of all, the at 8,400. The real god. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, he, he has the most it factor of like all time, and he's at home in his final regular season game, his final home game against the in-state rivals. So I do like Dak, and Mississippi's defense hasn't been particularly good this year. Yeah, you really shouldn't be scared off. I like Chad Kelly also, though, so I think I'm going to go with both Mississippi, et cetera, quarterbacks if I can. Line on that game is Ole Miss by one in uh, at Mississippi State over under 64, so hmm, there will there be some points scored there. Neither so. team has any decent running backs. Jalen Walton is the best running back in this game, and he's like a 160-pound guy who can only take like eight carries. Yeah, I do kind of like that that call to possibly pair quarterbacks in that game. That's what I did with, with Dak and Allen last week. Worked pretty well, and, and yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be some points scored, so don't let the, the name brands kind of fool you there. Uh, moving... I don't know. Do you want to move off to I I, I got to say Richard Higgins at 67 at wide receiver seems interesting. I mean, coming off a couple nice games going up against Fresno. State. Right. I think it makes sense to try to pair him and Stevens. Um, either way, though, uh, if we can go back to running back really quickly and then get to receiver. Yeah. Um, uh, Demario Richard, I don't know what his deal is. And, and Todd Graham is not likely to help us at all with it. 
Uh, he left last week's game with an ankle injury, which means if he's hobbled still, Kalen Ballage at 5,100 might get most of the work against the Cal defense that isn't very good against the run. I like Cal- Kalen Ballage at that price. I'm probably going to go after that. Um, he's actually been yeah, he's been pretty yeah he's been productive. very good and like like I mentioned before the the running backs are inflated on this slate I am not inclined to go after any of this seven thousand plus guys sure. really uh, CG Proces is probably out with a high ankle sprain Josh Adams is fifty nine hundred for the Notre Dame running game and that's very interesting but yeah Kalen Ballage at fifty one hundred I'm also interested in Dalen Dawkins at forty nine hundred against Fresno Fresno's defense is just bad uh, Dawkins has twenty five nineteen and twenty two carries over the last three weeks he's forty nine hundred. Um, let's see. I guess I guess that's about this pretty narrowly interesting slate to me. I don't really like most of the alternatives that are here. Do you otherwise. like Trey Carson at all at fifty two? <sighs> it's interesting because I I do. He's he's been pretty underpriced all year for some reason, and he's just so steady. He gets a ton of carries. So if you favor A and M in this game, and wow, he's been really consistent this year. He's got a, he's currently in a one two three four uh, game streak of a hundred or more yards on the ground. Hasn't been catching as many passes lately, though. He has 27 on the year, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, Carson is in play for me at 5,200. Uh, I haven't finished making a skeleton lineup here, though, so I'm not sure if I'll have room for him. I might prefer someone like Jacoby Owens of Air Force at 200 less against New Mexico. Um, but yeah, those, those are kind of the top running backs for me. And looking below them, I'm not really seeing anybody that interests me. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jalen Walton, maybe for Mississippi, I just mentioned he he only had five carries last week, though. So that's always playing with fire going with that tiny running back. So given the in inflation at running back, uh, you're obviously going to you're going to try to get Dak involved. Let's let's clear something up real quick. One hundred percent Fred Ross again. Fifty one hundred. Are you serious, man? No need to clear that up. Uh, oh, that was that the, was going to get Ross clear. podcast is implied as much. <laughs> that was going to get clear pretty, pretty soon. Um, so. Otherwise, like, yeah, I think most of the bargains are probably going to be at receiver there for uh, Travin Durall for uh, LSU had a bad hamstring pull. I guess I, don't, I think he's questionable. But if even if he isn't out, I like I, I, I like Malachi to pray at forty three hundred. Uh, yeah, sorry. I think I read he might be done for the year. Um, he might have had a torn hamstring. So, oh, geez. So that, I mean, I, I was going to ask you about that, uh, just how that, do you, do you see enough targets going to the point where, where that really makes uh, Dupree kind of a... a yeah, I, I mean, Dupree, Dupree, however it's pronounced, he's, he's really good. Uh, he had a down game last week on the road against Mississippi, still caught six passes in it. So I am, I am very likely going with him. Um Otherwise, in this range, let's see what we got. And I would um, expect that one to be kind of a, a trendy move, uh, given the fact that yeah, I, I don't I don't have any problem chasing chalk right. that that's that yeah. that cheap, Except, you know, yeah, forty three, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, otherwise, uh, Quincy Adebayejo, I think is pretty interesting. He's a he's more of a GPP type normally, mm-hmm. but at thirty nine hundred in a game that I think will have a fair amount of passing yardage involved, I'm pretty interested in him. Again, thirty nine hundred. He's like the second receiver behind Treadwell at this point. Um, otherwise, yeah. Again, this is this is not a, this is not a slate that you is know, widely appealing. Yeah, to me. yeah. Last week there were both slates we could just find a ton of people we liked. Yeah, that like was under, easy. Under and even even the, the the Friday slate this week was pretty soft, I think. Um, but let me see. I gotta I gotta find some kind of bar. I gotta find some way to fit in one of those more expensive guys that I normally don't want that much. Uh, I'm not sure how to do it. Some some names to keep in mind, I guess. Travis Rudolph for Florida State is four thousand. Um, where's Levante? Levante Kermit, where are you? Um, 
Is, is he listed as Kermit? I can't find. Yeah, he is Kermit now. He's 4,500. That's a little more than I'd like against the Gators. Ugh. Okay, so I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to take out Chad Kelly. I'm going to put in uh, Nick Stevens, and then I'm going to see what I have left. Um, 52. Okay, so I can fit in Jacoby Owens in the flex and then pay 7,400 for somebody, which gets me, you know, one of the top receivers, Higgins, Shepard, et cetera. How would you, how would you rank Shepard, Higgins, Treadwell this week? I, let me, let me double check what I actually put in the weekly rankings so as to not contradict <laughs> myself. I, I was kind of hoping you would, but, um, um, let's see. Uh, looks like I got Treadwell on top. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I, I kind of like. I have, tr- I have Treadwell far ahead, I guess. I think um, I like Treadwell quite a bit. Um, I, I might I, have, I really like just miss? getting involved in that matchup. Oh, there was I I, I screwed up and had a <laughs> good good uh, good good that I looked at this. I had Higgins trapped in a bunch of other another cluster that I failed to move up. I'll I'll go actually. We'll go ahead and say I like Higgins the most, followed by Treadwell. Um, yeah, with that, in a vacuum, that is not not like taking into account the price, I guess. Yeah, Higgins over seven catches and over a hundred yards and back to back weeks, uh, kind of a cupcake. He's a beast. He should have won the Bolitnikov last year. Yeah, they're favored by ten on the road against Fresno. Over That's under smaller that than I would have guessed. Actually, half, so uh, definitely hard to kind of argue. Yeah, with I that might call. go with the triad of uh, yeah Nick Stevens, Dalen Dawkins, and Richard Higgins. I guess. Well, there you have it. Uh, go Rams, right? I think. Yeah, I, think I mean, right. unless yeah. I change my mind, and in yeah. that case, do like, poorly, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I guess that kind of does it for us. Um, we'll probably have something for you guys for the bowl games. Uh, I doubt we're going to do anything until then, though. Uh, mostly because I need to sleep for three weeks. Nice. I got to get some stuff done too. Yeah, so. I need to. Eat and we, food we're and drink we're water. free men. We don't have a, a sponsor to appease, so we can we can kind of do what we want and come and go as we please uh, going forward. But yeah, I think a, a bull pod maybe with uh, you and Mar or you and uh, John giving your thoughts. I think that'd be that'd be fun. So we'll try to shoot for that. We're gonna do it. I decided that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, have a have a happy holidays, and we'll be back with you in a, in a few weeks here. Thanks, everyone. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.